Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, continues our Better Together series with a message on biblical community. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Amen. Can we welcome our campuses? Come on, give them a shout down in Plant City, down in South Shore. What's up? Pastor Michael, Pastor Hector. <laughs> so I think most appropriate is that we go to prayer, remembering this weekend. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for uh, always being present, even when we have trouble. Thank you for the sons and daughters, the people that survived the uh, tragic incidents of 9-11. And Lord, we do remember, we, we vow, we, we vow to remember there are evil people in the world, and we ask God that you would curb that activity, even that you would lead them to Christ. And we thank you, God, that you are on your throne. You are not moved today as we remember. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen and amen. Delighted that you are here today. Welcome to The Crossing. How about the Sisterhood Conference this weekend? What's up? Man, if you missed it, you're you're not going to want to miss it next year. It's in the summertime and just an amazing time with the ladies here at The Crossing. So many wonderful things God did. Also, we are uh, uh, gathering extra resources. Everybody say extra. Extra. Gathering extra resources. Thank you for being so enthusiastic this morning. That's incredible. Um, extra resource for Samaritan's Purse. It's a ministry uh, that we're connected with to help in Afghanistan. So I'd like to ask you to pray, please pray, and give some extra this weekend. We'd really love to help those in Afghanistan and through Hurricane Ida. Amen? And then lastly, we are starting our fast this weekend. What's up? It is, it, is, it is time to fast, a seven-day fast, all right? So it's not the blessing of a 21-day fast, seven days. And I'm really excited about what God is going to do, and I pray that you would jump in. There's a URL here on the screen that you can see if you've not fasted before, or if you want just a little tune-up to understand what we're doing, you can jump in with us. And how many of you believe that fasting changes somebody's life? Okay. It can, seven days from now, a seven-day fast, we're starting today, all right, or you can start tomorrow, or you pick your seven. It's just good to do it together with other people. A fast can, we don't fast to, for God to speak to us. We, we, we fast so that we can hear God. That's what we fast for, so that we quiet ourselves and all the hustle and bustle, and we just, we get down to business with God. I really encourage you to do it. We're in a series called Better together, and we believe that life is done better together in something that we call life groups. It's really all about the value that we place on being together. And I think coming out of COVID, we all understand that there's value in being together, amen? Amen. There's value. Here's a little humor to get us going. After being away on business, Tim thought it would be nice to bring his wife a gift. How about some perfume, he asked the cosmetics clerk. She showed him a bottle costing $75. That's way too much, said Tim. So he returned with a smaller bottle. So she returned with a smaller bottle that was $50. Uh, Tim still complained, that's quite a bit. So the clerk brought out a tiny bottle that was $19.99. Well, Tim said, what I meant was, I'd like to see something really cheap. Without missing a beat, she handed him a mirror. What's up? The value we placed on something is often determined, you know, it determines a price we're willing to pay, right? 
The value that we place on something often determines the price that we will pay for it. So today I want to give you a little overview of what a life group is really quickly. And I know many of you, how many of you are really familiar with life groups? Raise your hand. You familiar with life groups? How have you not so familiar if we're into raising hands at the crossing? Not so familiar with life groups. Do you raise your hand? Not so familiar. Raise your hand for us. Okay, good. All four of you here at the Tampa campus. I love you. That's awesome. So here's, here's a little overview of what it is, Plant City, South Shore. It's a place where you do life with others in a small group setting. Coming to church is amazing, but there's more. It's a gathering of people. You'll see some of these on the screen. Usually not more than 10 or so that meets weekly or every other week. Usually in the evening, there are exceptions to this, in someone's home, in somebody's home in a community. Usually lasts an hour and a half to two hours, depending. If you're in a Latin life group, it could be longer. <clears throat> Can I get an amen? What's up? Woo! There is a designated host home. All right, there's a host home and there's a leader and an apprentice in every group. They're accountable to a larger structure that comes from Exodus chapter 18, where Jethro told Moses, hey, there's a lot of structure, a lot of organization, thousands of people here. And really, if you want care at the Crossing Church, you really need to be cared for. It extrapolates our ability to care for you. And there are lots of pastoral leaders out there to do that. About 120 of these groups across all three campuses. And so the structure is there's a leader in every group. There's a community leader over them. There are life group pastors over them. Then there's the primary life group pastor that is Jeremy Shirley. You see him here at the Tampa campus. We can give it up for Jeremy. Pastor Jeremy Shirley. Uh, this is him. So this is him when you join a life group. So, so that's, that's how happy he gets right there. All right. Life groups. Uh, thank you very much, Pastor Jeremy. That was fantastic. Life groups, the place where we relate and connect around biblical principles and prayer. And we all need them. There are all kinds of groups, really. They're married, singles, young. I mean, there's, you know, more seasoned. There are all kinds of, of groups. You, some you bring your kids to, and some have decided together and do decide together, you know, everybody get a sitter, and that's the best for our sanity, and we know that Jesus is there. Okay. Uh, it's, it is the place. It is the place. Say the place. It is absolutely the place to develop friendships and, and long-term relationships and to grow in Jesus. You can count on these things when you join a life group. These are things that you can count on. You'll always receive the word of God and prayer and the leading of the Holy Spirit. There will always be food. Can I get an amen? amen. Sometimes it's brownies. Other times it's throwing down. It's throwing down. It's always fun and it'll always strengthen your faith. It'll always strengthen your faith. So a little overview of life groups. And then uh, where does the concept come from? Where, where do we get this concept of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47? The Holy Spirit came. There was this explosion in the first century. Peter preached. We're going to get to that in just a second, the end of the message. He preached, and there was an explosion. There's a bunch of people who got saved, 3,000 people who trusted Christ. And then they say, what are we supposed to do? And what fell out of that explosion were small group gatherings, life group gatherings together. We call them life groups. They just got together in groups. Here we go. So those who accepted his message were baptized. Praise God. If you haven't done that, we do that in the spring. We do it uh, several months through the year as well, if you've trusted Christ. And that day, about 3,000 were added to them, 42. 
And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's a little summary of what it's all about, 43. Then fear came over everyone. Can we pray that fear comes back to the American church? And when I say fear, it means reverence and awe. It doesn't mean to be afraid. It means to reverence and worship God with all that we have, just to have a respect for God. And many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles, 44. Now all the believers were together and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. Every day, everybody say every day. Every day, every day, every day, every day. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude. Uh, A joyful and humble attitude lost my place. Praising, wait, I gotta go back, 46. All right, here we go. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex, that was the temple court, that's like church, and they broke bread from house to house. There's the evidence that they got together in small groups. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude. Do you, do you see how much food is mentioned in the scripture? Yes. It was just food, food, food. They ate together, they ate together. If you pray together, you stay together. If you eat together, you grow together. <laughs> right? Right. That's, that's, that's it. 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to those who were being saved. So there's this, this sort of cumulative effect of being together and people kind of look in and say, what are you guys doing? Man, I want to be a part of that. I, and, and growth happens. So what does it take to live in biblical community? What does it take? It, it takes a little bit of time. Everybody say time. And it takes a little bit of effort. A little bit of effort. All right. The time is an interesting thing because we all have the exact same amount of it. Right. We all have the same exact amount of of time. The problem is most of our time is already spent. Did you know that social media platforms around the world welcome one million new people per day? A million new people per day, per day. Social media platforms. 65% of the world's eligible population now has a presence on social media, and the average time spent on just the social media platforms are now two hours per day per user. Two hours per day per user. Some of you are saying, wow, that's a lot. Some of you are saying, I'm just getting started at two hours. Y'all. I'm, I'm just getting going. I'm just getting warmed up. That's an average of 14 hours a week per user on average. That's an average 14 hours a week. We're all experiencing busy in some way or another, aren't we? The only socially acceptable answer to the question, how are you, has become busy. Busy, very busy. How are the kids? Busy. Uh, Can you help me do, no, I'm very busy. How's retirement treating you? I'm busier than ever, (laughs) busier than ever. Uh, And to that, our society, in, in one chorus, we respond, good, good. And so somehow, somehow busy has become a euphemism for productivity. Uh, And and it it really, busy means that you have an important job, you're a superhuman parent, your kids are bright and successful. I I think you have to have a six-point grade average now on a four-point scale to get into competitive colleges, right? And it's just you have to keep doing this and this and this and this and this and this. In the Busy Christian's Guide to Busyness, Tim Chester has come up with 12 diagnostic questions to determine how much and if we're consumed with what he calls hurry sickness, hurry sickness, 12 Questions quickly. Do you regularly work 30 minutes a day longer than your contracted hours? 
Do you check work emails and phone messages at home? Has anyone, I could hear you guys going, yes. Like you're saying it low, but you're already saying yes. Has anyone ever said to you, I didn't want to trouble you because I know how busy you are? Do your family or friends complain about not getting time with you? If tomorrow evening were unexpectedly freed up, would you use it to do work or household chores? Do you often feel tired during the day and do you find your neck and shoulders aching? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you often exceed the speed limit while driving? See, now he's just starting to meddle right here. Just meddling that's taking place. Do you make use of any flexible work arrangements offered by your employers? And then it's a little bit, it, come on, it comes right here. Do you, uh, do you pray with your children regularly? If, if, you, if, if you do, how often? What does it look like? Do you have time to pray? Do you have a hobby in which you're actively involved? Last one, do you eat together as a family or a household at least? And I changed it in the notes. It said once a day. I put once a week just so that we could all have grace. Amen? Once a week, at least once a week. We're super busy, aren't we? We're really, really busy, um, and our time is spent. We just don't know exactly where our time goes. So here's a little uh, how to gain some time. Here, here's how to gain some time, what God says about it, all right? Three things. We can redeem it. We can redeem the time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. In the King James Version, it says redeeming the day, then it goes on and it says, because the days can become evil. 17, therefore, do not be foolish, and under, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk, it says on wine, but anything which leads to debauchery, uh, which means that you end up eating peanut butter at your friend's house at 2 a.m. in the kitchen in your underwear. <laughs> That's not a personal story, by the way. It's, it's not. <laughs> years ago, you guys, years ago. Thank God for social media was later in life. If the stats are right, it says that when we're falling into trouble now, COVID and post-COVID, it says we're turning to alcohol. That's what it says. And, and so debauchery means that we descend, where we entertain ourselves into dissension. We find ourselves in in bad places. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with alcohol, that spirit, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the grace of God and sing hymns and songs. I used to think, when I read in the scripture, I thought, man, that is super weird, like to sing songs and hymns. But I'll, I'll tell you this, when you settle yourself in the Lord and you say no to those things, when you speak to one another, what you've been living comes out of you. What, what, you've, been, what you've been breathing in is breathed out. The Lord says we can redeem our time. We can redeem it. And we can redirect it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we can redirect it. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching what is true and, and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And so when we're supposed to take a right and we don't take a right, the word of God kind of jumps off the page. It lifts itself to us and it says, hey, 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 listen, you were supposed to go right there. You were supposed to stop here. You're supposed to go now. It gives us instruction. God uses it, the word of God, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 
How many people are mourning people in the house? How many of you are mourning people? South Shore, Plant City, come on, raise your hand proud. You are chipper in the morning. My wife is a morning person. She wakes up, her eyes open, she's in full sentences. She's like the bugle has sounded, right? How many of you are evening people? Come on now, evening people, what's up? At about 11 o'clock, a light comes on for you. And now you're ready to talk. It's crazy how evening and morning get paired together. And you know what I mean? She's coming down, I'm going up or vice versa. And whether you're morning or you're evening, what God says, I want you to find a rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. I want you to find a rhythm to insert the word of God. Put the word of, you know, there's a small fraction of people that have uh, mastered consistency in being in the word of God more than four times a week. Say more than four. More than four is the magic. It really is. One changes you a little bit. Two changes you a little bit. Three changes you a little bit. But there's actually studies done. If you can get four or more times, four or more, something tilts over inside of you and your brain, your activity starts to tilt itself toward a Godward orientation. So whatever you need to do, sleep in, you know, give yourself time on the front side, find some time in the morning or vice versa, find some time in the evening. But by all means, we want to get the word of God in our lives because it's the thing that will give us more time. We just won't know what we're spending it on until we spend it with him. Amen. Amen. Redirect it. We can refocus it as well. I'm going to read the little passage here in Luke 10 about Mary and Martha and can I just get an amen for everybody who gets things done? Amen. Come on. Do you love people that get things done? Yes. All right. All right. Some of you are happy about that. Some of you are like, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Martha, Martha is often decried in this passage. And I want to tell you, nobody needs to be upset at Martha. We just need to have the source of Mary. We need to be the Mary. Mary's source is the most important thing to get all the things done that Martha did. This is Luke 10, 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also, note this in your scripture, sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. Very important. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. She came up to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So go tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. And so let this kind of go to all of us, right? This is the season. Martha, Martha, Greg, Greg, Bill, Bill, John, John, Ann, Ann. Listen, listen. You're worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Just one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice. She's sitting at my feet, listening to my words, and it will not be taken away from her. It's great to get things done. Amen. Great to get things done. It's just good to get them done from the right source. Otherwise, we can be worried and frantic and scattered and we just don't even know where we're, we're coming or going. I feel like that too at the Tampa campus. I do. And, and so, listen, here, here's a little quote. Christianity isn't a to-do list. It's a to-be life. Christianity isn't a to-do list. It's a to-be life. Philippians 12, excuse me, Philippians 1, 27 just one thing, live your life in a, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. It takes time. Everybody say time. It takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of effort. If you're going to live in community, it takes a little time and it takes a little bit of effort. Proverbs 14, four, great scripture. It says where no ox are, 
the trough is clean. The stable where the ox is supposed to be is clean, but increase comes by the strength of an ox. Comes by the strength of the ox. That means, how many of you want to have an abundant harvest in this life? You want to have an abundant harvest? God is saying, come on, I want you to move out and have a harvest. That means that you have to have strength and productivity, and that ox represents strength and productivity, so that animal is fed and clean and yoked and put in the plow, and then it's brought into the stable, and it's washed and clean and fed, and then we have to deal with the byproduct of the animal being in the stall. Can I get an amen? There's some ish. Is that a clean enough word? And so it takes a little time and a little effort to get to life group, but God says this, it's worth the time and the effort. It might be a little messy, but better the mess with productivity than no mess and surfing Netflix at home all the time, right? Some of you, oh, I just said Netflix. It's okay. It's all right. You guys said Netflix. It's okay. Netflix is all right. The Bible's better. Some of you said, oh, is that true? (laughs) It is true. I promise. You ever find yourself getting bored after you watch like 20 hours of Netflix? Come on now. Right? Right? Yeah. You'll not get bored with the word of God. It takes time, it takes effort. The value of living in biblical community is well exceeds the time and effort that it takes. And uh, two things here, context and call. Context and call. Today in the West, learning takes place by telling, like we're doing today. We're in an auditorium setting, somebody's speaking, you're listening, we're telling, and that's kind of the West, the contemporary. We, We do telling. Now, first century in the East was showing and telling. A really big difference, a really, really big difference. In the biblical journal, Focus, the word Bible uses, uses the word disciple as mathetes, which means learner, but we can make a mistake with this. <clears throat> and in the West, we could think, somebody's talking and I'm listening. It's, it's very passive. And so a professor speaking and then you might be graded on what the material is and, and you come up to the bar with the material and so on. But there's often not a connection of life to life with the professor and the student outside the classroom. In the first century, when you followed a rabbi, things were totally different. Edward Shree says this, to follow a rabbi, and the best rabbi we could ever follow is Christ Jesus, meant to be so close to the rabbi's life that you were covered in the dust of his daily activity. So remember, there were no paved roads And so when the disciples followed Jesus, wherever he went in his sandals, he would be walking and they were trying to stay as close to him as possible. And so wherever he went, there they were. And uh, when you're walking on these roads, you would lift dust. There would be dust that would come up behind you. And in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when Jesus was walking on the earth, it was a blessing to be covered in the dust of your rabbi, to be covered to be that close to him. It meant sharing life with him and taking part in the rabbi's whole way of life. A disciple might accompany a rabbi on all his daily routines, prayer, study, debating other rabbis, giving to the poor, burying the dead, going to the court. A rabbi's life was meant to be a living example of someone shaped by God's word. Disciples therefore studied not just the text of scripture, but they studied the text 
of the rabbi's life. And this is the value of the context of being in life group, sharing the value of life on the heart level, one to one, being together with one another, doing life together. That's why Jesus doesn't come to us and say, hey, listen to my message. He says, follow me. Come on, say it with me. Follow me. That's what Jesus said. Come follow me. Come follow. Here's the invitation to proximity, life on life. Come and do it with a group of people who are moving towards a Godward orientation. And most of the time that happens by a simple invitation. Somebody saying to you, either from the platform or personally saying, hey, would you join me in a life group? You're going to see a little video here. And on the video, you're going to hear Trent and Tori Anderson referred to a beautiful young couple. And uh, Trent is my uh, son-in-law. Tori is my daughter. They're here at the Tampa campus in the student ministry unit. And so that's the reference for them check this out, how they were encouraged to join a life group. We somehow got roped in, I got roped into going to dinner with Trent and Tori as like a double date. As we're like in the car on the way there, I was like, Rudy, like we're not allowed to talk about life group. Like if they bring up life group, we'll just be like, yeah, 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 we're looking into it. But like, like that's it. Like we're not talking, we're not getting into details. Like we're not playing this game. Because at that point, what we had talked to Trent uh, about was, we didn't talk to them about anything about a life group. So I just thought this was like, hey, we're gonna go out and have dinner with two couple, two younger couples. We're so like, we get to dinner. Mm-hmm. We have the whole dinner. Fantastic time. I can't remember if it was Trent or Tori, but one of them bring up life group. And I remember, I like, I feel like I immediately like froze and Rudy just starts like- And we just started laughing, like, like started <laughs> laughing. So, and the best part was that Trent and Tori had no idea what we were laughing about. We basically So they're crazy. sitting there kind of looking at us like, what is, what did we say? And we're like, it's crazy that you say that. We just talked about it and we had been praying for like the past month about it. And we just didn't know how to like move forward. And, you know, and it's just kind of crazy so that you guys are. We walked into there saying, we're not even going to discuss life group. And we left saying you can utilize our home to host life group. These couples are so real mm-hmm. and you're just able to be with other couples that thankfully they're basically in the same season of as life as us. And you just get to like share knowing that I have this whole support system that I can just share like the burden of like my anxiety and they were there to just reaffirm you know god's like presence through the whole process you know with us and it's just like nice having friends a group a community right to to kind of share those moments with if you want to grow deeper in your life in the church and in your relationship with the lord um you have to build those connections. If you're feeling afraid, uh, nervous, the risk is worth the reward. Um, you know, we've just been able to, you know, grow our, you know, our friendships with with, uh, with the group that we meet with, and you know, now I have another support system of people I can reach out. Hey, this is going on in my life, and you know, I need you guys' prayers. Um, you know, there's just things that you wouldn't, you're, you're not going to get to experience unless you do it and you, and you take that leap. Um, but I promise if you do, you're going to, there's going to be some amazing things that come out of it.
Amen. That's right. Takes a little time, takes a little effort. Context, the value is context, that connection with other people. And it's also calling, calling. And when we're in a life group, you know, it's easy to be like this because we're pretty far away from one another. When you go into a life group, you understand the brokenness, the weakness, some of the failures that you have, and you get in proximity with other people. And it's very humbling. It, it can be humbling and to move beyond sort of a large group gathering into a small group gathering. And uh, like the apostle Peter, we often overestimate our abilities. We, we often say, hey, I, I got this. I got this. And yet there's so many things taking place in our lives. We often misunderstand. We're often lacking forgiveness, lacking trust, and sometimes our lifestyle can deny Christ over and over our lifestyle. So it can be very humbling to get into that circle and be with one another. However, life group is the place where encouragement happens that you can't get in here. It's like somebody pauses the message and somebody says to you, hey, listen, I know that you're having a hard week. You had a tough week, but I want to tell you, I see Jesus operating in your life. That, that, that translation happens in proximity. When somebody says, um, I know that you feel this way and I know that you've ended up in this scenario, but that's not who you are. Come on, church. Listen, that's not who you are. I know that there's greater inside of you. I know that there's a bigger calling in your life. I know that you feel discouraged. I know that things haven't gone the way that you've wanted them to go, but I know that God's on his throne and there's a chorus of people around you that actually know your life. Come on, say no. They know you. They know what you went through last week. They know what you went through the week before. And because they know that, we often think when people really know what I'm going through, they're just not gonna accept me. Come on, church. But when people really know what you're going through, then it makes you a real human, and then your real human life connects with their real human life, and you see that Jesus is covering all of you. You see that God has not left you, nor has he forsaken you. You might be in a bad place today, but God has good plans for you. You see who you are. Church, you see who you are, but you also see who you're called to be. Peter was not in a good place after he denied Christ three times. It's not a good place to be. But he circled up. Christ called him to the shores and restored him. He really gave him grace and his life back. And then he sent him back to his group. His group, his group. And something magical happened there. So the reference for refreshment is John 21. And then Acts 2, 14. Peter, who had not had a good year, he'd not had a good week, he, was the, he would have been in the group. How many of you know that the people around Peter knew that he denied Jesus? Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty shameful thing. But this same Peter then stood up with the 11. How proud do you think that group of people were to see Peter stand up in Peter, who, who Peter is? That's who Peter's created to be. He stood up, he raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And he preached the gospel and 3,000 people got saved in one sermon. Amen. What? Now that's the guy who Peter was created to be. But just days earlier was the guy, Peter, who was alone and by himself having rejected Jesus as Savior. So what I'm saying to you today is it takes time, it takes effort, and 
we need the context of being together in order to see who we are. And at first, you go, man, I don't know if I want people to see who I am. Come on, let's be real. But when you really let people see who you are and they know where you are, they can lift you to who you're supposed to be. They can lift you right up into the grace that God has called you into. And that's for every single one of us, all of us together across campuses, at home. God has a great calling for your life. So would you join me in praying? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment here? I, wanna, <clears throat> I want you to think about, I want you to reflect on what God is calling you to do, what he's calling you to be. And first is an opportunity to trust him as savior. We say what the Bible says, heads bowed and eyes closed, kind of a private moment. We ask everybody to join us in this refrain. Would you say, Lord Jesus, today's a day. I give you my life. I surrender. I know I have sin. But I know more than that. You saved me. Come on, as your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed across campuses, Tampa Plant City, at home, I want you to feel, sense, know that God's not done with you. God's not done with us. God's not done with you. He has a plan for you not to forsake you, not to bring you harm, to, to give you a future. Hmm. Say, Lord, I surrender. And I give you my life today. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. You can watch all of our messages on demand and watch our services live online by subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can do that at youtube.com slash crossing church. You can also download our app by searching for Crossing Church Tampa in your app store. We look forward to seeing you at noon prayer at our Tampa campus every Wednesday and for our weekend services. For all times and locations, visit wearecrossing.com.